0: Welcome to the Husband Material podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today on the show, I have my friend and my favorite pirate, Matthew Leida. Welcome back.
1: Hey, Drew. Hey, everybody. It's good to be here.
0: I say that because at our husband material poetry recital, you showed up with a a pirate eye patch, which was so whimsical.
1: (laughs) The, The power of Zoom filters, right?
0: Yeah, we had an awesome poetry recital. It was fantastic. And I'm looking forward to our next event that we're going to do on today's topic, which is a very unique topic. And I think one that I have never heard anyone talk about before but it should be talked about, which is porn and centering prayer, and particularly the power of centering prayer to help us outgrow porn. So Matthew is a poet. He is an author. He is a recovery coach, and he is someone who I really enjoy, and I know you all will too. Matthew, why are you so passionate about centering prayer? Well, why am I so passionate about
1: centering prayer? Centering prayer has been one of the practices that is helping me to outgrow this tunnel vision
0: or um, how I can get obsessed about really anything. (laughs) And obsession is something that those of us who have a history of attachment with porn are very familiar with. We know what it's like to have a sexual tunnel vision, to be preoccupied.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, Marty Faree with uh, Bethesda Workshops, this is this like Christian clinical, she was one of our PSAP trainers. Um, she, she says there's like this almost imperceptible and automatic progression from being triggered to fantasizing. And so she she says like in that addictive cycle, the, the triggering event and then the preoccupation can almost be like an imperceptible automaticity that we just just go to. And so she asks this great question of, you know, how do you go from being triggered to acting out? Or how do you interrupt the the progress of that trigger before you get into your ritual? Yeah, or before you get into that tunnel vision you know, that like that space in between. So uh, contemplative prayer definitely has something to say there.
0: It's like in those moments when we're sexually preoccupied, it's as if there's nothing else in the whole world, only what's right in front of me.
1: Anybody who struggles with like outgrown pornography, and I would say really, probably anybody in Western civilization knows what it's like to be preoccupied. With with some or obsessing, we can talk about shopping, right? We could we could talk about consuming. We could talk about you know drugs, whatever. But that preoccupation, we all know what that's like.
0: So I want to invite us all in this moment to look inside and ask, what do I tend to obsess over? What preoccupies me? Where in my life do I have tunnel vision? So Matthew, what is centering prayer? So,
1: so the 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 practice of, of centering prayer is is it comes from these roots in the Psalms where we're invited to wait patiently or to be still and to know, um, or like Psalm where it says, "I I've, I've calmed and quieted myself, and I've calmed and quieted myself like a like a child like this." Calming and quiet and contentment, and it really falls in, under the umbrella of of listening prayers, or maybe under the umbrella of meditation. And so it differs. It differs from prayers that we may be used to, like praise or thanksgiving or intercession, um, you know, or, or re- repentance prayers or anything like that. It's a little different in that it's a listening prayer, a wordless, uh, almost prayer. And if we would put it in the, the the meditation family, we would call it a surrender meditation. And it really has its 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 umph in this, um, really in the life of Jesus, where we see Jesus enter history and exit history with this um, motion of self-emptying, of, of, of letting go. Uh, and so, like in the book of Philippians chapter 2, uh, there's this, St. Paul talks about having this mind among us, that is Christ's mind. And he says, and then he goes on to say, who did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself. And there it is, that is, that is the like cornerstone for centering prayer that emptied himself Uh, the word there is kenosis and that's the exact opposite of clinging the exact opposite of grasping so it's this letting go motion that jesus patterned his entire life from beginning to end, it was this gesture of letting go, letting go, this surrender, we see it in Gethsemane, we see it on the cross, we see it in all these places. And um, and so in centering prayer, it's almost this invitation to walk those steps of kenosis, of letting go, except we don't take it to the point of literal death, but we take it to the point of the death of our thoughts, uh, so we we let go to the point where Jesus let go to the point of death. We walk in his steps and let go to the point of our thoughts. Um, which there are a few monks who have said that uh, meditation is is a practice of the death of Christ. When you go into centering prayer, you are pattering that and practicing that letting go in your body. Uh, so it's extremely. Uh, potent.
0: It sounds uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, so so simple, but yes, so
0: difficult. To let go of my sexual thoughts, to let go of my emotional attachments, to let go of these, these urges and impulses to cling on to things that that are ultimately holding me back.
1: Yes. In our uh, PSAP training with ITAP, we talked about letting people be in situations where they can press the bar, not giving people too much weight that they can't press, right? And so to develop this, some success. So in centering prayer, we're we're pressing the bar. We're pressing the bar. It's almost like a workout, but in centering prayer, the I guess you could say the, the gymnasium doesn't have to necessarily be on sexual urges or triggers or highly charged emotional things. Like during the time of centering prayer, we're being asked to let go what we're thinking about eating for dinner or what we're going to do this afternoon. So we start with those kind of thoughts and we and we work with those in centering prayer. It's practice. It's 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 surrender practice really. Um and the the recommended dosage is 20 minutes a day, two times a day. And in that time we're practicing surrender with whatever thoughts come. They could be compulsive. They can be nagging. They can be emotionally charged. They can be silly, right? I know I've been practicing centering prayer for almost five years and centering prayer practice up to this. Guess what I was thinking about during my centering prayer practice? Talking about centering prayer with you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And I'm just kind of yeah. sitting there and then there goes that thought and then I'm invited to let that go. Yeah, yeah to empty myself at that point. And so we're pressing the bar on things there. And then in the triggering moments, we've developed this kenosis patterned in our body. And we've been pressing the bar and centering prayer or contemplative prayer. And in those moments, when those triggering moments come, we have we have something built into it, something like the pattern of Jesus, this kenosis that is able to let go.
0: So, Matthew, it sounds like with this kind of practice, it's best to start small.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's best to start small. You know what I can do is kind of give like a little flyby. So, in the practice, really, the, what really powers it is this willingness on our side this willingness on our side to consent to to God, this willingness, really this love that we have. It could be buried, it could be obscured and maybe blurred, but it's there. And, And so it's like this love and this wanting to open to God that really does the work. Like that's the engine and it's there, right? the people listening, right it's there. we know it's there and it's it's like cultivating that. that's going to do the main work. the longing does the work. And then what you do is you you take this um, this uh, prayer word. so so you can pick a word like Jesus, God, Spirit, open, trust, let go. Amen, let it be you know something real simple. And what that prayer word becomes is like your love and your, your willingness to open. If that prayer word becomes all of that in like a capsule form, like really concentrated down. And so that's so simple, right? So we're in centering prayer, we're not asking for these words and words and words and words. Just take all that love and that desire and that longing to be present to God, to open, to be free, just put, let it be that word. And that's all we'll hold to. And then, like you said, starting small, do five minutes, set your timer for five minutes and and close your eyes. And you just gently repeat that prayer word. Maybe it's amen. And so you'll, amen. Kind of breathe it for a little bit. Amen. And this will all be internally. Until that prayer word drops out, and there'll be a point where that prayer word drops out and you'll know it's dropped out because you'll be thinking about something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so when you find yourself caught in a thought, the the practice is these, these four R's.
0: Matthew, I love those four R's. These are so, so helpful. And I think they apply to any thought or any feeling or even any sexual attraction that we might have. So what are the four R's of centering prayer? Woo! They are so
1: powerful. I uh, have to give so much credit to uh, contemplative outreach and Thomas Keating and Cynthia Bergiot. Um, But yeah, they are uh, resist no thought. So number one, we resist no thought. So it's not, it, centering prayer is not a time of fighting. It's, we're not trying to stop thoughts, right? We know how that worked. We're not pushing the, we're not pushing the beach ball underneath the water. Don't think, don't think, don't think. Come on, really hard. But it's, it's just a prompt release when we realize an idea has hooked us. So we resist no thought. Centering prayer is a very gentle practice. Um, the second R is to retain no thought. And so it's this, this kenosis, this gesture of release of being willing to let go Um, and this is the deal in in surrender meditation whatever we have we let it go Uh, and so it can be it can be a thought about a friend uh, and a conversation i had and i realize in centering prayer that there i am and then the invitation is to to simply let it go retain retain it not and then react to no thought. This is so huge for um, anyone right? who struggles with shame. Um, we react to no thought. So whatever passes through in centering prayer, uh, there's no judgment. There's no, there's no commentary that we have to put with it. No self-criticism, um, no shame, no harshness. But we simply just let it be. Uh, I think it might be Thomas Keating who gives the illustration of like boats uh, that are passing down on a river. Right. And we're just noticing, oh, there's there's one right there. There's a canoe. Uh, There it goes. And then some of these thoughts will feel more powerful. Right. So where one thought feels maybe like a canoe, another thought might feel like a battleship. Yeah, that we want to get on and explore and be like yeah it could be an angry like resentment and we just want to swim in that and so the invitation uh with these four r's is to react to no thought just to let it go by and then the fourth r is to return which is one of the meanings of repentance return and so we ever so gently and that's so key ever so gently um Thomas Keating again says, like a feather floating down to a cotton ball. (laughs) Isn't that so gentle? Ever so gently, we return to our prayer word. This, our love, our intention in like encapsulated form. And, And that is like our placeholder to say, hey, I'm here to open. I'm only here to open and to be available. Um, the centering prayer practice is so radical, Drew. That a lot of the teachers say, even if you feel like you've received a revelation from God, you let it go. Yeah, it is. But because um, to do the deal, if we if we float up to interacting with the thoughts, maybe we feel like it's a great one, and we're like, oh, this is a good one to spend time with. Again, we're deciding. Right, we're deciding which thoughts, and and then it's not too hard to jump to the next boat from there. And then 10 minutes are gone and we've just been captured living in between. you know what recovery communities say in between our ears. Yeah, the busyness there. So resist no thought, retain no thought, react to no thought, and return ever so gently to your sacred word. And um, that the gentleness of this, is, is beautiful. There's, there's an old story in the centering prayer movement about uh, a nun who was practicing it. And she goes up to the presenter and she says, oh, oh, Thomas, I'm such a failure. Um, I'm a failure at this prayer in 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, I've had 10,000 thoughts. I'm such a failure at this. I've been quiet for 20 minutes and I've I've already had 10,000 thoughts. And Thomas Keating says, how lovely. 10,000 opportunities to return to God. And such compassion. And so if we could take that stance with our our thoughts, you know, such compassion, such gentleness, it, it, it can suck some of the power out of them when they become. Um, triggering at different moments.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. Matthew, sometimes people ask me, well, if you're not focused on fighting against pornography, if you're not focused on fighting sexuality, then what are you doing? And these four R's really answer that question in a beautiful way. Because this whole approach to our relationship with God and with ourselves is built on tenderness rather than trying to be tough. It's allowing the tenderness to grow
1: just ever so slightly. (laughs) Ever so slightly. Yeah. Like a feather returning to a cotton ball. Yeah. Such, such compassion, you know, and Dr. Patrick Carnes who really pioneered a lot of the research and the work and a lot of the tools we use with helping people come out of, sex addiction or unwanted sexual behavior. His title of his 12 steps book are gentle path, a gentle path through the 12 steps, a gentle path through the 12 principles. And it really is. Yeah. Franciscan Richard Rohr, he, he wrote breathing underwater, which is the, the spirituality of the 12 steps. But he talks about how the addiction underneath all our addictions is the addiction to our patterned way of thinking. And that's in the addictive cycle too, right? Where we have wounds and then belief systems. We're so addicted or can be so addicted or so wed to belief systems or our own way of thinking that is not working. Isn't working anymore. And so low centering prayer at its core, is like this gesture of love, right? It's, it is this gesture of intimacy, of longing. And really, any fruit outside of it is just, you know, I'm here in the South, so it's gravy. It's just gravy, like what we're talking about with, like, recovery. But at its core, like in its purest form, it's this, it's like this, uh, you know, this, the, the story of Mary and Martha. Where Martha Martha's so distracted, but Mary is just glued to the feet of the master. And, and so it's just this longing, this uh this deep longing and and this pouring out of you know the alabaster jar of time and even our thoughts and our our right here in the presence of of love of our beloved.
0: So that's interesting. I hear you saying that. Centering prayer can allow our longings for God to bloom. And at the same time, our arousal to deescalate and to soften. Yeah, absolutely. And our longings for
1: God to bloom. But, you know, I'm sure you've encountered this where so many people who, who struggle with compulsive sexual behavior a lot of them are lovesick for God. And a lot of times the acting out can come after feeling a distance from God. So it's like we don't know how to sit with distance. We don't know how to sit with silence. And when the scoreboard isn't lighting up with all these amazing spiritual feelings, What's it like just to sit in the silence of love and get up from the 20 minutes of centering prayer, maybe not knowing if anything happened, right? Just mundane, and so, but learning to be okay in the dance of relationship when it feels uh, ecstatic, like spiritually ecstatic, but also when it just feels humdrum. And, and a lot of times acting out can come when the relationship with the the divine feels kind of humdrum feels kind of distant so not knowing how to just be in the ebb and flow of the spiritual life and so the centering prayer really is is like you know you may not see results automatically and you may not be lit up with these ecstatic you know like man my time with god was so great this morning It's it really is a letting go and almost a learning to rest in life with the beloved in the dance because sometimes it feels close and sometimes it feels distant.
0: Yeah, Matthew, centering prayer has really helped me in a small way to have this little secret phrase that's just between me and God, and no one else knows what it is, but there are certain times when that phrase becomes such an anchor for me and it's not even really about the phrase it's just the posture that it puts me in the posture of receptivity and regulation and no matter what is happening right now (sighs) coming back to that center could you get a little bit more specific with talking about how this can really help us practically on our journey yes
1: yeah, and I love how you said it. What's not necessarily the phrase itself, right? Uh, but it's more like what's going on within you, like that gesture of release with that phrase.
0: It's like a pose almost. It's like it's like learning ballet or something, and it's this little pose. But it's not a fake pose. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, it's it is.
1: It's it's patterning into our body these responses. It's like if yeah, it's it's the kingdom come here and now. In the body, not only distant and in the future, but now, some sort of transformation, a renewing of the mind. Woo! So centering prayer is like putting this stick in the spokes of our normal thinking wheel to break up the tyranny of the mind. So you can imagine, just, whenever you're doing centering prayer, you're putting a stick in the spoke. I like that, That's right? Awesome. Uh, because you know, there's a lot happening up here. And a lot of noise, a lot of distraction.
0: So when thoughts are turning over and over and over like a wheel, we're just jamming a spoke in it to slow down. Yeah.
1: And so you, we may feel some resistance and, and it might be tough, right? If you start at five minutes, five minutes could feel like forever. And then you stretch it to 10 and then eventually to 20 minutes. And then, Yeah. And so what Cynthia Bregeau says, she says, there's this window of opportunity. I love that. This window of opportunity before thoughts proceed to passions. So we have this this window of opportunity before a thought, which is just a thought, becomes a passion. Or, you know, go back to Marnie Faree. A CSAT, she says there's this almost imperceptible and automatic progression from being triggered to fantasizing. There it is, the same thing. So in, in recovery, we, we talk about the addictive cycle, where feeding into the addictive cycle are wounds, feeding into belief systems. There's the thinking, feeding into shame, which often is can be in our, stored in our body, but in the form of thought. And then at that after that shame, there's this triggering moment. It can be anything, right? You can drive by a certain place, you can hear a certain comment, whatever your compulsion is, a triggering moment. Now that's a pivotal point, right? That's that's what uh, Faris says, you know, what happens there. And so at that triggering moment, you can go into the addictive cycle. And the first one, first part of that addictive cycle being preoccupation. So centering prayer comes in between, is that space between being triggered and preoccupied. Now, the work is done outside of that. The work is done 20 minutes in the morning. In the prayer time, or twenty minutes at lunch, and over time, the the gamble, right, or the the just gest- what we're hoping for, and what we see happen is that it, in the words of Gerald May, it feathers out into everyday life. So, if, for example, if I've been practicing centering prayer for you know a couple months, and I've been practicing whenever a thought comes, I just I come back to a word, maybe Amen. Let it be, I've been practicing that for a couple months. Well, let's say I'm out at the park with my family and my my child does something incredibly (laughs) infuriating and I'm triggered just with flooded with anger. There's a, a potential trigger, right? Centering prayer has been seen to come up that prayer word to show up something maybe something like your phrase drew to show up at the park with oh, Amen. Oh, Amen. And so that gesture of release can come into our real life. Um, or or if a if there is a triggering thought or a fantasy or um, yeah looking back at some times of acting out. That centering prayer practice over time builds in us an awareness, first of all, an awareness of noticing our thoughts. And there's a lot of research here with mindfulness meditation, like Patrick Carnes has a ton of stuff on this. So for one, to even notice that trigger, notice it right when it comes and then centering prayer can show up where that prayer word we've been practicing with throughout the day we breathe it in again right it's not our only form of re- you know our only tool of recovery but it certainly can be this moment and i've experienced this so many times in my own life where i have felt almost like i'm getting taken down a river in thought and then i'll just come back to you know shalom And it's so simple, right? So we're not asking people to pray this long prayer, to freestyle it all over the place. Just that something about just having that prayer word can be powerful in those moments.
0: Yeah, and customize it for yourself. Find one that feels special and intimate and secret just between you and God. This is so cool. In Husband Material Academy, we talk a lot about triggers and our pain triggers and our pleasure triggers and how those are really the fuel that drive us toward fantasy and fantasy is where porn gets its power. So to have centering prayer as a tool in your toolbox can really help to interrupt that cycle and to start a new cycle, a cycle rather than preoccupation, a cycle of prayer. Like how incredible. And we're actually going to practice this together. We are going to have a night of centering prayer led by Matthew Leida. That's right. We'll, we'll spend
1: some time together in a workshop where we can talk a little bit more about this practice and maybe answer some questions, and then we just dive into it together. And that's a whole other component to it when we sit in silence together. There's something else happening there, right? So yeah, we're looking forward to, to getting together and doing
0: that. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like an introvert party. <laughs> And there's something
1: you were saying there, Drew, about um, the triggers and the thoughts. Oh, this is just oh, the power of redemption, where the thoughts are no longer. Oh, this is this is so central to centering prayer. The thoughts are not obstacles. So in my time, the thoughts that come, I just return to the sacred word. They're not the thoughts aren't the obstacles. They're are the opportunities to return. And so, that gives me cold chills, that can be patterned into our lives where these triggering thoughts are not obstacles anymore. We don't see them as something to fight or to destroy or to push under the water, these thoughts are the opportunities to return. So, centering prayer can almost be feathered out into life, of a prayer of unceasing, where the triggers are the reminders to come home, are the return. Yeah,
0: it reminds me of one of my favorite verses in the Bible from the book of Jeremiah, where the Lord says, return to me for i have redeemed you. Ooh. Yeah. So that's what we'll be practicing together. That's what we'll be doing in our evening of centering prayer. You can join. It's completely free inside the husband material community. And I'm really excited to learn from you and with you, Matthew, and as we do this work of rather than battling our sexuality and battling against our minds, befriending our sexuality and befriending these thoughts just with the kind, compassionate, curious heart of Christ. I believe in this. I truly believe that toughness is temporary, but in the end, tenderness will triumph. Yeah. Ever, ever so gently,
1: ever so gently returning. Over and over and over. No shame, no no self-criticism. It's it is what it is, and we just return over and over.
0: Matthew, I love this approach. Resist no thought, retain no thought, react to no thought, and return to my redeemer ever so gently. Matthew, what is your favorite thing about centering prayer?
1: Ooh yeah i would say that this uh, um awareness that's being patterned in me has has come into my everyday life where i'll just tell you i was this was a few years ago i was walking in the woods springtime i saw a flower a little flower blooming i went up to it i smelled it and i cried (laughs) But it's it's almost like the simplicity of maybe becoming like a child again and, yeah, just maybe becoming a child again, the simplicity of it and probably the present-centeredness that it's beginning to move me into. I have such a long way to go, but to be present in my life where I'm at now Um is certainly um, a fruit that I'm seeing in the practice, yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Drew.
0: You're welcome. Guys, you can join our evening of Centering Prayer in the Husband Material community at the links for this episode. And also you can find Matthew's ministry, Recover the Wild, and some other resources by him on Centering Prayer. Always remember... You are God's beloved son, and in you he is well-pleased.